Greetings. Welcome, everyone. It's Chief Yuya, and you are now listening to the 94th episode of the Chief Yuya podcast, well within uh, season two. And uh, in this session, we're going to speak about furthering again uh, mother wisdom and the responsibility of the older man and the older woman And in this session. All right. So we're going to kind of jump right into it. Um, I'm going to give you your proverb. I'm going to give you your movie. And we're going to move right into the message, right? Because uh, it's a pretty long one. So our proverb is everything flows out and in. Everything has its tides. All things rise and fall. The pendulum swing manifest in everything. The measure of the swing to the right is the measure of the swing to the left. Rhythm compensates. All right. So that's your proverb for this session of the Chief Yuya podcast. And I'm going to jump right into the movie, which you know what? I'm going to switch at the last minute. I was going to, I was going to do one, but we, we're going to do another one. <laughs> we're going to do a different one. Um, spirit is, is telling me to, to go a different direction. So we're going to do, um, Avatar. The way of water. Avatar, the way of water. That is going to be our movie for this, um, for this strong. Um, and of course, as always, we play that movie at 5.35 PM Eastern, you know, but we play it within, of course, the gates of Anu. If you want to be a part of that experience, then you have to apply for the ministry. You go to anulifeglobal.org, A-N-U-L-I-F-E, G-L-O-B-A-L dot O-R-G dot org. Well, no, dot org, right? And you'll see the link for join right there. But we're going to do Avatar The Way of Water. That came out in 2022. And of course, this, this sec part two or the sequel to, um, the earlier Avatar that came out. And, um, you know, I'm not going to talk about it too much, you know, as far as, um, what it's about or, or anything or anything like that. But, uh, I saw it, of course, but it, you know, we continue with the work of, you know, the Navi and Jake Sully, but now we're dealing with their children. They're still on Pandora and, uh, yeah, we're just, we're going to go right from there. <laughs> we're going to go right from there. Yeah. I feel like, uh, that's, that's the right direction as I was saving actually this movie for another another segment but uh yeah you gotta you gotta follow the uh spirit gotta follow what the spirit is saying all right so with that we're gonna jump right into our main concept all right all right everyone we're gonna jump right into it coming out of uh the book of deuteronomy deuteronomy 22 first nine and um similar to our last session where i just kind of was going through scripture and then breaking it down as i was going i'm gonna do the same thing here but uh i want to give a little background first as to why this is what we're you know what why we're digging into this particular course of study and i'm going to utilize my book solutions for dysfunctional family relationships uh as our primer for today's session and um reading out of our first section uh dealing with culture 
culture and opposition. Two cultures cannot coexist within the same home. Over time, one culture will naturally strive to ascend to the dominant position. This brings one culture to the recessive and the other to the dominant. In this instance, what will happen is the culture that was forced to take the recessive position will begin to resent the culture in the dominant position. This unavoidably lends itself to domestic tension and opposition. When individuals join as a couple or family unit, what should be created is one culture birthed from the adjoining cultural influences. This new home culture doesn't necessarily need to confirm or mirror any extraneous cultural model, but most significantly must work for the advancement of the unit. Adaptive reengineering of the familial unit is necessary and recommended for the joining of separate cultural postures. What we're speaking about here is the culture that exists between healthy couples based on the awareness of gender-based roles and responsibilities. This may seem antithetical to the new age notion of universality, but in truth, communities slash families that have demonstrated vitality and who thrive develop a single cultural imperative despite any extraneous influences. Mate selection here lays the genesis of the potential issues. So let us examine some common scenarios and the potential fixes for them as this is where the softness or bumpiness of the forthcoming road is determined. Mate selection can neither be done with keen foresight as a preventive measure or, or I'm excuse me, can either be done with keen foresight as a preventive measure or it could be done recklessly with the hopes that things will work themselves out on their own. But this is the fundamental juxtaposition of one of the most important choices in this entire process. And hope is a product of anxiety. Okay. Then I go on to explain more, of course, but I wanted to begin our intellectual and spiritual journey in this, this particular session with that, because, um, what we're really speaking about, and again, continuing on with the responsibilities of the older to the younger, the older woman to the younger woman, the older man to the younger man, the older man to the, to the older woman. The man is responsible for everybody. The older woman, the younger woman, um, the older girl, the younger girl, the older boy, the younger girl. The man has to cover everyone, right? He's got a, he's got a task in front of him and his job is to make sure that everyone is in alignment with that one cultural imperative that you hear me speak about. So you don't have that tension within. And um, he's got to be clear on what those orders are. Right. So that's our that's our starting point. Right. So we're, in this session, we're going to speak a little bit about the responsibilities of the older man. But um, it still ties into the responsibilities of the older woman to the younger woman. And we're, we're also exploring how Jezebels are created. You see how the sick mind, how, how that demon energy is brought into a space. Like, where does it begin? And what are some of the things that we do inadvertently? Or sometimes we do them with, with great deliberation that uh, help to fuel that sort of sickness and that sort of paradigm where we now have that in our life. So what I'm going to do, because like I said in the last session, when you're breaking down ancient truths, 
it is so very valuable to break them down using ancient languages or at least older languages, right? Um, because you sometimes can lose a lot of the meaning um, just looking at English words. English words are just sounds. You're given letters. You're told this letter sounds like this, make this sound. And this letter makes that sound. That letter makes that sound. And that's it. <laughs> if you can master that, you can read and write and speak the language. And of course, I mean, you're given uh, as a child when you go to public school or you know other types of school. You're given given a Merriam-Webster dictionary, and then you're given a um, an Oxford Standard English dictionary, and these are the two that you'll utilize to be able to uh, define and understand words or to comprehend words that you may not be familiar with. Right? Although when you go to court. Black's Law Dictionary is used, but you're not taught Black's Law Dictionary in school. So I wonder why. <laughs> so, uh, you know, what I'm going to do is I'm going to read this this verse in Hebrew. Another reason I'm reading in Hebrew, too, I, I, I like reading and speaking other languages. But um, for anyone who feels intimidated when they see the Hebrew, you're going to watch me right now. I'm going to read it straight live. <laughs> And um, I might make some mistakes. I may pronounce some words uh, or some letters wrong here and there. I might miss an accent mark. Um, but you'll get to understand, you know, um, it's a process, you know, reclaiming our heritage and reclaiming our stolen culture and uh, our stolen leg- legacy. Right. Is a uh, is a process. It's, it's not something that um, you just snap your fingers and in one day now, it just all comes flooding back in. The only time it's it's that it's that way is uh <laughs> well really <laughs> the only time it's really that way is is when someone's just making it up and my ancestors came and gave me a download. I got a download. You know, and sometimes that download is just really a upload from the ego. You know, but like I said, when you're reclaiming um your stolen legacy uh, it's a process. And for many of us, I know for myself, it would be a lifetime process, you know, so you strap it in and you enjoy the ride. By the way, that's a good book to check out. Uh, George James, uh, George J.M. James, Stolen Legacy, really good book. Um, it's about uh, just basically how the Greeks stole their letters, their legacy from the ancient Kemites and the origins of a lot of the, the Grecian concepts and ideas and um you know where that thinking that philosophy that they carried where it actually authentically came from stolen legacy is a good one it's not the book for this session i could maybe make it the book for the session (laughs) but anyway um let me read this description let's get to it um deuteronomy i'm going to read in the english first and then i'm going to come back and i'm going to read i'm sorry i'm going to read it in I'm not sorry, but I apologize. I'm going to read it in Hebrew first, and then I'm going to come back and read it in English because I have the Hebrew in front of me right now. So, all right. So, Deuteronomy 22 and 9, that is Lo Tesra Kerim Kilayim Pin Melah Tesra Ashir Tesra 
Ntubwa. Karim. Ha. Khadas. Ha. Khadas. Okay. So I'll say that again. Lo tesra. Karim. Kilaim. Pin. Pin mila. Tesra ashir. Tesra. Ntubwa. Karim. Hachadas. Okay. So, and I, I know my, for, for any Hebrew speakers, you're probably like, this sounds, yeah, my Hebrew has a little bit of a Igbo. <laughs> Igbo West African slant on it. I noticed when I speak Hebrew, it's got a, it's got an Afro-Shemitic kind of sound to it. Um, it just, it just hits different that way for me. It just bang, it just, you know, bangs in your speakers a little. <laughs> You know, even, even my Hebrew, Hebrew got a certain kind of slag, swag, I should say. <laughs> but no, um, that's just from hearing, you know, my people, um, speak Hebrew when I was young and, you know, different, different dialects, different sounds. So, um, let me go to the English now, right? Um, so with the English, English, the English is thou shalt not sow thy vineyard with diverse seeds, lest the fruit of thy seed, which thou hast sown and the fruit of the vineyard be defiled. OK, so I'll say that again. Deuteronomy 22 and nine. Thou shalt not sow thy seed with diverse seeds, lest the seed of the fruit of thy seed, which thou hast sown and the fruit of thy vineyard be defiled. Okay, now this is really important when we're talking about the making again of maybe someone who lacks uh, emotional and mental stability um, and that balancing that comes from actually having a uh, strong spiritual root and most importantly, strong, strong, righteous ruling uh, patriarchs in the home. You've heard me speak about that before um, when I did the patriarchy and bloodline. You know, and really understanding the purpose of the patriarchy, you know, the per and I've done segments before in the matriarchy as well. So I, I'm saying that to say that the patriarchy doesn't cancel out the matriarchy, nor does the matriarchy cancel out the patriarchy. You know, that that level of opposition and, and combativeness in war, that's a that's a sick uh, that's a sick people's idea. And it has nothing to do with Afro-Shemitics. You know, to just to feel that we always have to be at war with with each other and we can't coexist. Um, that's just not of our of our design, right? Not to say we didn't have issues with tribalism because we certainly did, but um, not long-standing issues where that that level of discord was written into the culture and written into the mythology. You know, so what we're speaking about here is. The importance of a man sowing his own seed, right? A man sowing his own seed. In some ways, this may be uh, um, an argument against step parenting. If you ever need one, I don't know why you would, but um, nonetheless, when when Deuteronomy twenty two nine says, "Thou shalt not sow thy vineyard with diverse seed." 
you know, it's speaking about that investment, you know, and of course, later on in, in that, um, in that scripture, it speaks about also the concept, you know, just the concept of mixing, you know, mixing, mixing, um, you know, even garments, but this concept, concept of your vineyard having diverse seeds, you know, so now we lose this, the, the line of accountability, you see. Now, I'm speaking about this from this perspective as it relates to the responsibility of the older man. When I wrote Solutions for Dysfunctional Family Relationships, which I used as the prelude to this segment, one of the one of the things that I had, I had a I had a community experience with an elder who was um, for all intents and purposes scheming on another woman. And I was concerned because and this actually was Hebrew elder because there seemed to have been no real clear defined methods for courting and for approaching a woman. And it, it seemed like the same games that was played in, in Babylon were, were being brought right into the temple. And because this was my elder, I couldn't correct him. <laughs> I couldn't say anything. I was like, oh, okay. And then I went and wrote a book. <laughs> you know, I was like, well, I can't speak to him. That's my elder, but I can speak to those, everyone else. Like there's a way to do this. And, there's a way not to do it. That was, but that was really only a conf, uh, a confirmation sort of experience because many years prior to that, I had noticed that when I used to play for, uh, well, not, well, two things, play for different, um, gospel groups and things like that, you know, being inside of a church, I would notice that a lot of times, like the fathers or even the mothers, the mothers would drop children off or the fathers would drop the wife and the children off. I noticed the same thing, you know, I grew up inside of drum circles and a lot of times the same thing was the case at the drum circles, you know, um, the father may be there, but the wife and children are somewhere else. So the father's there, you know, or the, the mother may be there dancing with the daughters and the father and the sons are off somewhere else. But a lot of times drum circles, depending on who runs them are also, you know, they're very spiritual experiences, of course, drumming, but a lot of times the elders there is, some level of instruction and advice and guidance that can be given as well. And in that instance, you have a, an individual man who's allowing his vineyard. What is his vineyard? His field. That's his woman. His vineyard is his field, right? He's allowing another man to sow seed into her. You see now what, like it says, if you allow that to happen, then what happens and that, that word seed is, is kilayim. You know, anytime you see that, you know, you're talking about something plural Um, and the vineyard is Karim. But allowing that that diversity of seed right Uh, now, you're creating confusion. So you're you're instead of doing your job. What is your job? Your job is to teach her. Your job is to lead her and to guide her. So instead of doing that, you abjugate your responsibility. You, you, you push it off to a, to another man and say, here, you, you take her, you teach her. I want to go watch the game. I'm going to go hang out with the fellas. I'm going to go kick it with my mistress. I'm tired. I just want to lay down. You guys go. You see? And in that sense, you're defiling the field or what's happening. And I'll get into what this, you know, really means and, and, or really not so much as what it means. But how how it plays out. Today's mathematics really help us with that. Today being um, wisdom God the twenty seventh, wisdom God all being born to, to to born right. 
what is that's related to this because the wisdom of God has the ability to bring about and manifest its own reality, you know, um, and when it manifests its own reality, it makes it clear that there's no mystery going on here. There's no spookism. There's no mystery. There's a formula through my, through my wisdom, you know, through the wisdom of an original man, through the original, uh, the wisdom of a God man, I can now bring forth, you know, what I choose to manifest or what I choose to born, you know, and what I'm borning or what I'm reborning is a mental resurrection. So I'm being born through the wisdom. So wisdom, God also means being born through God's wisdom, right? Now, when I'm referring to, to God, I'm referring to the original Asiatic black man. Okay. Now, I certainly understand that black is a color coding, but follow along. All right. Um, so we can say the Asiatic man or the original man, right? Because there are different tones and hues of original man. It's not about, um, you can't tell an original by skin color. That's where you get tricked a lot of times. You know, but if the, that original was shown and proven that I am of the original people, you know, through my wise ways and actions, that's really what the wisdom is. So when you're borning or you're rebirthing through the wisdom of that womb, you're rebirthing through intelligent words, through wise ways, through wise actions. And as a result, now the born is now you're making God's reality seen. You're making it manifested. I spoke about this the other night when I, I think it was either the fellowship or the affirmative, one of them. I dialed in and I said, you know, I went over the concept. They were speaking about what is good. And I went over the concept of um, light when in Bereshit, let there be light. And Elohim saw that there was it was light and light was good. Right. Saying that let there be light is that saying I'm going to bring it through the womb of my mind. Now, once I see the light and there was light, that's now it's being born. You see, now it's manifested. It's taken form. So the most high, as well as man, the the ambassador and the representative of the most high on, on the planet. That's why, again, there's no mystery, God, because if you want to see God, just look at the original man. There's no mystery. So. The original says, OK, I can make something into my form through the wisdom of my mind. You see, and through the wisdom, the wisdom connects. The wisdom is also what? The woman. The woman connects to the seven, the God, and then is rebirthed or born again. Now, why is this so significant? Because you as a man, if you allow another man to teach your woman, what is happening? She's being reborn through his mind. She's being re reborn through his wisdom. You see? And then, of course... People will complain. Took, took my wife down to the church and the pastor's over there putting all kind of <laughs> ideas into her head. Well, what did you put into her head? That was right and exact. That was of original, not just your opinions and, and, and unfounded philosophy, philosophies that you bring forth out of your laziness. But do you actually study? Do you sit in the temples? Do you build with the, the men around you? So that you have something of great value to plant. Do you have a valuable seed to bring back to your woman? Or do you recognize you don't even have anything to give? So here you do it for me. Well, there's a there's a consequence that comes with 
that sort of thinking, you do it for me. I don't feel like doing it or, you know, I'm, I'm too mentally lazy to learn what I'm supposed to learn. See, and this is what begins to create that confusion in the female mind. You know, you start to remember when I said earlier, when we, I spoke about Jezebel, Jezebel meaning the unhusbanded, you know, so this is, this is an individual that is not bonded to a patriarch. It's not bonded to, uh, even the most high. So there's room to get in. There's room to invade. You see? Now, when you say, well, who says this, uh, you know, let's say if a, if a guy were to say, well, who says it's my job, right? And, you know, one of the things that I, I brought up, I think, in that study, I said, you know, when you say something, you got to make sure there's a witness. You know, don't just... Don't just blab, you know, <laughs> blabber off at the mouth, but make sure that you have a witness to what you're saying. So if we go into Sirach, Sirach, which is such a, a beautiful book, but uh, we go into um, Sirach 2620, right? Pull it up while I'm talking. Make sure I gave you the right verse, too. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, Sirach 2620, or some call Ecclesiasticus, um, but out of the, the Apocrypha. Sirach 2620 says, when thou hast gotten a fruitful possession through all the field, sow it with thine own seed, trusting in the goodness of thy stock. So thy race, which thou leavest, shall be magnified, having the confidence of their good descent. How about I give it to you again? Sirach 2620. When thou hast gotten a fruitful possession through all the field, sow it with thine own seed, trusting in the goodness of thy stock. So thy race, which thou leavest, shall be magnified, having the confidence of their good descent. So if you ever needed a a speaking point, if you're talking to someone who's polyandrous, that means multiple um, men and one woman. Now, if it, if this is not their tradition, if they're not living by Hebrew code, then I'm um, do do what you want, <laughs> you know, um, curse yourself how you want to curse yourself. But those who are living by the truth and the way and the wisdom understand that. No, when I receive a fruitful possession. Through all the field, that's which is my rib. That's my woman. That's my Isha, which I'm going to get into in a second. I sow it with my own. So I sow it. I have to put that work in to sow that seed into her. I put my own work in and trusting in the goodness of my stock. Well, how would I trust in the goodness of my stock? Well, I'd have to make sure that my stock or myself, my mind, the seeds that I'm given are well trained. They're coming from a knowledge, wisdom, understanding perspective. I'm showing and proving that I'm bringing forth God's wisdom. So if I'm showing and proving that I'm bringing forth God's wisdom, then I can sow that seed into my own possession, fruitful possession. Why is she a fruitful? Because she brings forth fruit. What a fruit, the children. So when she brings these children forth, going back to the Deuteronomy, you know, 22 and nine, when that um, 
when that seed is brought forth, you know, when it says, lest the fruit of thy seed, which thou hast sown and the fruit of the vineyard be defiled, you'll have children and they won't even be acting like you as a guy. Like, where's this coming from? Who's this? Because they're defiled. Now you got unclean children. You have blended unclean children. They may they may have your biology, but they have another man's spirituality and philosophy. You see, because you were charged, your job was to respect and honor that fruitful possession. I know that word possession is like, I don't really care. (laughs) Either you're here with us and you get this and you're seeking for understanding or you're with something else that seeks to destroy this. And my people, my tribe has been decimated over the years. This is time for get back. It's time for us to get our licks back. I don't even know what that means, but you know, if somebody hits you, you hit them back. You make sure you, you hit them back. Get your lick back. Us coming into the truth of who and what we are and being able to interact, interoperate with all of the, the nations of the world is our get back from a place of, of equality and justice and freedom. And not always coming from, oh, no, scratching your, your head. Oh, no, because you're dealing with the spookism with all that. I don't know. So now we're dealing with some right and exact knowledge. This is what it is. Ain't no getting around it. This is what it is. Okay. So when we say, so that race, which thou leave race, you already know what that is. That's your generations. Your, your offspring that you leave is shall be magnified, having the confidence of their own good descent. You ever speak to someone who knows their ancestry and how 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 confident they are about themselves? Oh, my grandfather was this and my grandmother was that. My great grandfather and my great grandmother and my great great grandmother. And you ever speak to someone who doesn't have that and how insecure they are? You see, some of you remember the video I had put up on YouTube. It's still on my channel. Um, Pastor Simpa. <laughs> Pastor Simpa, when he was going to, uh, he was speaking to the, the young, uh, female who was posturing herself as, uh, a man, or rather dressing like a man. Um, and he was trying to get, well, not trying, he was really confirming something that he had already, um, suspected. And that was that this person had no identity. They were in um, what we would call South Africa, right? And he was saying, Where, what is your tribe? Where do you come from? Who is your tribe? And she couldn't answer it. And he was like, I knew it. That's the problem. You don't know your tribe. That's why you're over here giving away your reproductive value and doing what um, Deuteronomy 22 also tells you in the same exact chapter. That a woman should not wear clothing pertaining to a man, nor should a man wear clothing pertaining to a woman. Because anyone who does that is an abomination, is, is detestable in the eyes of the Most High. You see? That's an abomination to Yahuwah. Cross-dressing is an abomination to Yahuwah, according to the book. So a lot of times um, people don't understand like where they be, where the wrongness begins. 
You see, but being reborn, you can reclaim a woman. Even a woman like that can be reclaimed sometimes. <laughs> it take, might take a lot of work, but they can be reclaimed once they recognize something's, something's wrong, something's off. This is not how it should be. And you might trace back and realize, oh, you don't know your heritage because your mother was planted with diverse seed. Maybe she had a husband, but it was pastor who was in her ear. Or maybe she had a husband and a lover. Maybe she had a boyfriend that was in and out once in a while. But, you know, she had a she was she was allegiant to the state more so. So now you are an abominant. You're a mix of all of these different ideas. You see. So the responsibility of that older man is to protect his fruitful possession is to sow into his own fruitful, fruitful possession. You see, when you read, um, and this is an important thing, uh, also when we when we think about concepts like um, splitting up, I've had this conversation with many clients <laughs> in the past where I've had to, you know, I've asked questions, and and even some of the women who I've courted in the past, and I've asked questions like, "What was your last relationship like?" <clears throat> Excuse me, especially if that woman was married, right? Which is a uh, kind of a rarity nowadays. And I'll explain why. So you know, some of you may have even seen um, a betrothal video that I did um, on our Our New Life Global Ministries channel. If you haven't, go check it out. It will probably even help you to understand some of the concepts we're covering today a little bit, but. Um, it's also beautiful to see, <laughs> you know, when a man is expanding upon um, his thought and his kingdom and bringing in uh, a help But a lot of times, like I said, when speaking to clients and stuff, I, you know, I speak about or again, women I may court or who want to court. What was your last situation? How did that end? You know, oh, well, we just stopped talking or. We had sex and he just never called me again or, you know, or we're still cool. We're still friends or whatever, whatever is, you know, go through, go through the list. (laughs) There's a list of all different ways we, we stop dealing with a person. Person ghosted me. You know, that used to be so much easier back in the days. (laughs) But yeah, the person ghosted me. That's another one, right? So, um. I'll often ask, well, where is the writ of divorce? Huh? What do you mean? Well, were you given a letter that now allowed you to go out and, you know, be free of that situation? No, we just stopped talking. But in my heart, I don't feel like I'm with them anymore. But you guys had a covenant, did you not? You know, you, you made a pact to each other. So it has to be or sometimes you'll have people who were who were um, married, we'll say, and um, they split up through the courts. Right. And that that's worth nothing. (laughs) You know, that 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 gives you nothing, you know. Um, So we have what's called a get G.E.T. or sometimes G.E.T.T. or a writ of divorce. And that's so important to have 
when you're splitting from someone. Now we're, we're still talking about, um, the responsibility of the older man or the older woman to the younger man or the younger woman. Most of this now is male centric. I'm just taking some water. Excuse me. So, like I said, um, if we looked at, let's say, Deuteronomy 24 and 1, when a man hath taken a wife and married her, and it come to pass that she find no favor in his eyes, because he hath found some uncleanness in her, then let him write her a bill of divorcement and give it in her hand and send her out of his house. That's a breakup. That's how you split. Now, a lot of times you might say, oh, but we were just kicking it. You know, like, well, were you sexually active? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We were sexually active now. <laughs> okay, so you were you were that man's personal whore. Gotcha. No, 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 it wasn't. A, yeah. If you were sexing someone and you didn't have a ketubah or uh, an agreement, you know, a union agreement between you two that was also witnessed by other people. Not just enough for you to be laying in the bed after a session. Oh, that was good. Oh, and then you reach down into the, the nightstand and oh, yeah, let's let's sign this. Who witnessed it? You'll notice if you watch the betrothal ceremony on the Honor Life Global Ministries channel, there's witnesses there. And witnesses signed that um, agreement, which I actually have, the original agreement, as the Jegna and the chief of this, this, this community. So you're just sleeping together, but there was no agreement. Then that's you're, you're, you were a concubine. You were that person's concubine without an agreement. And then you, you guys split for whatever reason argument whatever what whatever you know by who who's ever fault you know um you're still bound to that person hmm. this is where this is where the diverse seeds <laughs> start to come in this is where the this is where the problem starts to starts to happen right because again let him and notice have found some uncleanness in her not just oh i got tired of her you know, and cleanness is some indecent. She did something that was wicked and against the law. But nonetheless, write her a bill of divorcement. Then, so let's do it step by step. One, write her a bill of divorcement. Two, put it in her hand. Three, send her out of the house. Now, why did Moses have to say this? Like, why was it so important? Because at that time you had you had low down dirty guys who were having issues or whatever or just tired of the woman they were with and they were just putting them away. They were just sending them out the house. Like, All right, get out of here, beat it, go back to your mom's house. And what, what happened when that when that would occur, it would cause her to possibly sin. Because she's saying, Okay, I'm not with this man anymore. He put me out so I can go be with another man. And then now if you go be with that another man, that other man, you both, you know, well, you've committed adultery and that other man has slept with another man's wife. And you might say, well, well that's not my wife anymore. We, you know, uh, or he's not my husband. We never were married. You still have a concubine agreement. It's all done by covenant. 
you know, and somebody say, oh, well, that's just too much. Yeah, well, you got to be careful, you know, when you start laying down and sleeping with people. We have to kind of take it a little bit more serious sometimes than what we do. If you read um, Matthew, let me give you your witness, 531. It has been said, whosoever shall put away his wife, let him give her, her a writing of divorcement. Let him give her a writing of divorcement. Interesting there, huh? Not the judge, not the lawyer, not the, not the court clerk. Him. Because once she receives that, then she's free and clear to do whatever she wants to do. She's all right now because she's been, she's been, you know, putting away is the the issue. You know, when you put a woman away, you know, you're just like putting her on hold, if you will. But you're not actually giving her an opportunity really to move on. You see, because if anyone has any sense, they'll know, don't, don't, don't touch, leave that alone. Don't touch that. And I know a lot of people, you know, sometimes you hear, I've heard Christian pastors use this before. They say, well, you know, God hates divorce. So you got to. You know, like like it says in the scripture, if if you divorce, it is better for you to reconcile, reconcile or stay unmarried. That's not that's not what it says, actually. Um, But, you know, people like to flip it. <laughs> it's Malachi 216 that they're trying to um, quote. And it's for Yahuwah, the Elohim of Israel, say it that he hateth putting away. For one covereth violence with his garment, saith the Elohim of hosts. Therefore, take heed to your spirit that ye deal not treacherously. That's what it says. Doesn't say he hates divorce. It says that he hates putting away. Which would make sense because you're causing my people to sin now because you won't write a piece of paper and you won't let them go. You see, so putting away is is the actual issue, because now if you put that woman away and don't give her that bill of divorce and she deals with another man, and let's say she gets pregnant, there's diverse seeds now because you still have a you still have a contract with that woman. And now this other man has made her an adulterer, an adulterer. She's now in sin. And what do you think the product of that union will be other than defilement? You see. I'll read that whole section. Starting at 13 Malachi. And this have ye done again, covering the altar of Yahuwah with tears, with weeping, with crying out, insomuch that he regardeth not the offering anymore, or receiveth with good will at your hand. That's kind of an important one there, too. Don't matter what I do, God always, God hear me, God know me. That's no, 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 no. It's not what it says here. You cry all you want. He say you could cry all you want, man. I'm not, I'm not listening to you. You're out of alignment. Yet you say, wherefore, that's like saying, where are you? Like, yet you say like, yo, where's God at? Because Yahuwah hath been witness between thee and the wife of thy youth against whom thou hast dealt treacherously. Yet is she thy companion and the wife of thy covenant. Saying like, this is your wife. You brought this in of you two were young. 
and you brought her in and then you did her dirty. You, you dealt treacherously with her. You betray. What is treachery? Treason. You betrayed the con, the contract, the covenant. You broke that covenant that you had with this person, but yet she's still your companion because you won't give her a proper divorce. 15 says, and we like said, in the wife of thy covenant, and did not he make one yet had the residue of the spirit and wherefore one that he might seek a seed of Yah. Therefore, take heed to your spirit and let none deal treacherously against the wife of his youth. For Yahuwah, the, the Elohim of Israel, saith that he hateth putting away for one covereth violence with his garment. This guy's beating up on, on their wives. Covereth violence with his garment, saith Elohim of hosts. Therefore, take heed to your spirit that ye deal not treacherously. We have, yea, ye have wearied Elohim with your words. Like you wearing me out with all your nonsense. You over here screaming and crying on my altar and you're wearing me out. Yet you say, wherein have we wearied him? What did I do? What you talking about? You know what you did. What do you mean what I did? That's what that is. When you say everyone that doeth evil is good in the sight of Yahuwah and he delighteth in them. Or where is the Yah of judgment? So you seeing you seeing the world act up and you're like, well, it, nothing's happened to them. So, they, so I'm going to do the same thing. More water. So sending that woman away without a bill of divorce, if any man, if any woman just leaves, that's another one, too. She just gets, a, I'm unhappy. I don't like this. I'm. You said something I didn't like. You didn't treat me the way I wanted to be treated. You didn't buy me something I told you to buy. Whatever reason, even if she never sexes again, she's still in sin because she's told either reconcile or get that, that writ of divorce. If she's put out and does not receive the get or the writ of divorce, then that person who put her out and then give her the get is causing her to sin. And bringing sin to your brother who she might marry next. We have stories of like that in the book. You see how the diverse seed starts to create that sort of insane sort of mind. And then we continue it forward with um, some of our ill behavior. Well, what's the big deal, right? <laughs> I mean, I was told to do something. I didn't do it. Big deal. Why, why are you getting on my case about that? Well, we go to Romans 1, 21 through 32. Because that when they knew Elohim, they glorified him not as Elohim, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools and change the glory of the incorruptible Elohim into an image made like a corruptible, made like to corruptible man and to birds and four footed beasts and creeping things. Wherefore Elohim also gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves who changed the truth into a lie and worshiped and served the creature more than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. 
for this cause, Elohim gave them up into vile affections for even their women did change that which is against nature. You know what we're talking about, right? You know what we're talking about. Taste that rainbow. And likewise, also the men leaving, leaving the natural use of the woman burned in their lust one towards another. Men with men working that which is unseemly and receiving in themselves the recompense of their error, which was meat. And even as they did not like to retain Elohim in their knowledge, Elohim gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. Being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whisperers, backbiters, haters of Yah, despiteful, proud, Boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedience to parents without understanding. Here we go. You ready for it? Covenant breakers without natural affection. Implacable. Unmerciful. Who knowing the judgment of Yah that they which commit such things are worthy of death. Not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. See that? It is a big deal. (laughs) That's a big deal. Covenant breakers. You see? There's a way that you do things. And there's a, there's a permissive way that, that, you know, Sometimes you hear these stories of abuse. I get those a lot. You know, women get up and leave. He was abusive. What did he do? Uh, uh, he starts stuttering. He ain't do nothing to you. <laughs> Stop lying. You know how to throw those power words around. But sometimes there is legitimate abuse. Exodus, Exodus 21 and 6. And if any mischief follow, then shall give life for life, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, hand for hand, foot for foot, burning for burning, wood for wound for wound, stripe for stripe. Here we go. You ready? You ready? And if a man smite the eye of his servant or the eye of his maid, that it perish. He shall let him go for his eye's sake. And if he smite out his own manservant's tooth or his maidservant's tooth, he shall let them go free for the tooth's sake. See that? And if a man smite eye, smite the eye of his servant or the eye of his maid that it perish, he shall let him go free for his eye's sake. Do you realize your wife is your servant? You're the husband. The husband. The house bond. You're the master of the house. Family coming from the word formulas means 
the servants of the house. That's what famulus means. So everyone in there is a servant to the house. So if you hit your wife in the eye or if you knock out your wife's tooth, we're talking about abuse now. I'm not saying do this so you can get rid of your wife. But if you do these things, then you're supposed to let her go. If she says, I'm, I'm out of here, man, that's that. That's the law. And if she says, I want to stay for, you know, whatever reason, then that's that's her prerogative. But if she says, I want to go, she's not she's not in sin at that point. If you and, you know, hitting the eye so that it perish means doesn't just mean like you punched her in the eye and I the whole thing went white. It means that you damaged it like you. It's it's, you know, a black eye, a swollen eye, you know, things like that. Or you knock a tooth out, you know, things like that, whether it be your wife or your servant. So it, it's speaking again. That's why earlier. See, I'm giving you witnesses against the different um, your precepts. That's why earlier when it said. Um, for one covereth violence with his garment. Yeah. Oh, because you, you look righteous. You got a beard or you got a head wrap and a long skirt, you know, <laughs> but you're beating your, ch- your children. Unreasonably, unreasonable, violent discipline or you're violent against your, your man. Or he's, you know, when he sees every, hey, peace, peace, what's going on? All right, peace, everybody. Yeah, yeah, good dawning. All right. You know, everything is, he's covering it with the garments, but his, he's actually violent underneath that. He's treacherous. He's dealing with his, his servants slash family treacherously. You see? So now she runs out and looks for a new sower of seed. Defilement. It gets it gets it gets messy, doesn't it? Ah, this water is good. Oh, maybe the water's not good. It's just needed. <laughs> um, this is critical. When we let's just look at the names for a second. You have Ish. You have Isha, right? Ish is husband or man, and Isha is wife. And if we look at those terms, ish, isha, like I said, it's good to go back to the Hebrew. Ish is, or isha, let's, I just really want to do a wife for a second. Isha is aleph, shin, chet. Many of you know aleph means head or ox, meaning strength, power. Um, shin is teeth. And chet means to reveal or to see. Like hey, but we usually say hey. Or so like even like you heard it was one word I, I said, um ha, oh there it is. Um ha kharsim. Ha, ha no. Was it ha kharsim? Let me look at what the read it again. It was ha kadas. Right, ha kadas. Or is that kadas or karas? That's a resh. I might have said that last word wrong earlier. <laughs> Told you. might happen. That's a resh. I don't know. I saw a dalit. So anyway, but that ha means like the, like, or like, hey, ha. 
you know, like we say that now. Like when we want to show somebody something. Hey, ha, you know, like, hey, hey, check it out. Hey, look, right? You probably ever wonder where that hey came from. Why do we say that? Comes from, from I don't know if it comes from that. Let me not say that. It's my own theory. <laughs> that it comes from the Hebrew letter ha, meaning to see or to reveal. So when we look at that name of Ish, right? Or Isha, rather, I'm sorry. Aleph, Shin, Kit. Aleph, Head. Shin is uh, teeth. Kit or He is to see or to reveal. But let's look at that and then we'll look at the name for um, man. Because I think that helps us to understand the name for woman even better. The, the name for man is Ish. So you have Ish and Isha. And Ish if Aleph, is Aleph, Yod, and Shin. Aleph, Yod, Shin. So obviously you see the difference between those is a Yod and a Het. Right, and I'm explain that in a different in, in a minute. So Aleph again is head or strength. Uh, Yod is hand or hand of the Most High, and Shin would be teeth. But when you put the Yod and the Shin together, you get fire. So Yod Yod Shin is fire, right? So if we were to kind of look at the meaning instead of just looking at the sounds, because we look at the sounds, it tells us a little bit, but not much. Aleph, Yod, Shin. Aleph, Yod, Shin, right? The strength of the head who can hold fire or can work with fire or who has the power of the creator to work with fire, right? There's different ways you could look at it. But then if we look at the woman, we have Aleph, Shin, Chet. Aleph Shin Hit. And what that could be interpreted as is what is revealed through fire. What is revealed through fire or um, what is revealed through man. That's where your Aleph comes in. You see, you see the, the relationship that those two words have together because the two words both have the same root, the root, 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 the root of the words is Yod and Het or Yod and Ha. So that's fire. The root of both of them, of man and woman, is fire. We call spirit fire too. But here's the difference. The difference in letters between them is Yod and He. Now you know Yod and He spells Yah. So when you put Ish and you put Isha together, now those differences, we now have the missing letters for both of them, and we get the term Yah. So it's almost like an implication if you put man and woman together, then you see the original God. But apart, you have fire. That could be problematic, right? It could be problematic. So when you have an, an Isha, if you're an Ish husband, and you have an Isha, you are supposed to combine together to create the fulfillment of the oneness of the Most High. And if you don't, as in Deuteronomy 22.9, if you let diverse seeds sow into your vineyard, or as in Sirach tells us, your fruitful possession, then what will come forth is a defilement. 
There's no way around it. You see? And that goes to if you are with someone and you don't put, you don't, you only put them away. The most high hates putting away. Reconcile or divorce. There's no separation. Oh, we separated, but you know, we doing our own thing while we working it out, but we're good friends. You're in sin. Anything you do from here forward is going to mess up. You're in sin. Doesn't work. Stop. Yes, if he smit, if he smites your eye, if he smites your tooth, smite means to strike, to hit. Yeah. It, so there is no physical abuse. We don't do that. It's important to know what abuse is. Abuse means to use something if it, that it was other other than other than what it was intended to be used for, or to over to overstep your authority in your use of something. Like when we say um, police abuse, law enforcement abuse someone, they they overstep what their actual authority was in that situation. You see? So when you abuse someone, that's what you're doing. You're misusing them and you're overstepping the authority that was given to you or granted to you or the power dynamic that you agreed upon where, you know, you would be a particular authority. That would be abuse. I think it's an important thing for some people to understand because I've I've heard some of these like arguments, not arguments, but I've heard people these statements before. Well, hi, man, I don't even want to say some of the stuff I heard, but just some of the things that people said that they can do or you know like this is this is mine. I do whatever I want with her, you know, or I'll cut his thing off. You know, he mess around, cheat on me. I'll like. No, <laughs> that's way beyond your authority. You don't you don't um, no, you don't have the right to do to do such a thing, you know. So, like I said, that planting with diverse seeds was really the, the key here, because today wisdom, God, all being born to born. You know, if you do not take the responsibility to instruct and teach your own woman or to plant seeds of righteousness through a confident, confident uh, crop based on what the Most High is giving you, and you 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 push that responsibility off to someone else. Number one, you're in sin, but number two, now you create a defiled product, and number three, you're also giving up possession of her because that's like a form of putting her away because you're you're not functioning in your proper duties as a niche at this point. You're not completing the formula with her. You're having another man complete the formula. So now, who's the husband? You wonder why pastors sleep with their members so much? Always these different stories coming up of that, <laughs> you know? Because there was no there was no strong patriarch saying I'll teach my wife or I'll teach my daughter or I'll teach my niece, whatever, at home. That's where she should be learning at home with me. No, you do it for me. Okay, well, then eventually she's going to become my possession because I'm making her over through the womb of my own wisdom. I'm I'm reborning her, remaking her through the womb of my wisdom. What what, what, do you expect to happen? What do you expect to happen? You see, so this is a part of our responsibility 
for one as as husbands and as older men to make sure that we are we have that hedge built around our family, our servants, family is servants, remember, and that we are sowing one unified seed. We're not confused. Well, you know, I'm over here. I'm doing a new thing with Chief Yuya and them. But, you know, on the side, I do this thing, too. And I go over there and study with this one over there because, you know, I'm all about taking in a whole bunch of information. And I, you know, chew up the meat and spit out the bones. Right. And notice how you can't get anything to work in your life. You're not able to produce anything of value. Because you're sowing diverse seeds. That's what's happening there. So even in a relationship, that's why that submission and cooperation is so important. And both are keeping their eyes on the creator's vision. Now is one seed in that vineyard or that fertile soil that she represents. And our supreme, you know, in, in 120, we're told that the woman is the finest particle. Earth. She's the earth. That's the most. That's the finest particle because she's the she's the fertile soil. That I'll resurrect back through. Like Method Man said, resurrect the God through birth. Well, what is that birth? It's not just the physical birth of coming back through the womb of my wisdom, my wisdom being my woman, but it's also coming back through the womb of the mind of my wisdom, my meta- my metaphorical or unseen wisdom now creates a new spirit, an unseen part of you. And eventually that unseen part comes out to the scene. Start Going to church and notice your wife is looking like your pastor. <laughs> He's remaking her because you're too lazy to do it yourself. This is one of the ways you you walk away from your responsibility. And older women and older men have a responsibility to, to maintain that hedge. As well as the younger men and younger women say, nah, I'm good. I don't want that. Nah, I don't need to know. Well, let me tell you. Nah, I don't need that. Especially women. Women get mind intercoursed so often because they just, well, this was interesting. This guy was saying this stuff and it was really interesting. I didn't understand everything he was saying, but he was saying a lot. Why were you sitting there listening? Why were you sitting there listening to letting somebody plant seeds in my field? Why would you do something like that? When thou has gotten a fruitful possession through all the fields, sow it with thine own seed, trusting in the goodness of thy stock through all the field. So it's all saturated with me. I'm pushing out whatever field, whatever's there is there before it's got to go. Well, we, we dated, we, you know, we were an item a long time ago. Now we're close friends. Yeah, he got to go. What do you mean you gotta go? I mean, he, that's it. Say goodbye. Friendship's over. But we're, we're like brother and sister. But you're not though. <laughs> you're not. He gotta go. Sounds very isolating, right? Well, depends on what area you're listening to it from. If you're listening to it with an Eastern mind, you understand clearly everything that's being said. If you're listening to a Western mind, then it's like, oh, that's controlling, controlling it. People hate that word control. I don't care. Right. So that is something I wanted to share. And just understand that, you know, 
Like Revelations 22 and 12 says, And behold, I come quickly, and my reward is with me to give every man according as his work shall be. Work, work, work. Your family is a part of your work. Not Your family is not your opportunity to sit back and lay back like, yo, I'm, I'm good now. Like, y'all do it. Work. What does Titus say? But speak thou things which become sound doctrine, that the aged man, men be sober, grave, temperate, sound in faith and charity and patience. The aged women likewise, that they be in behavior as becometh of holiness, not false accusers, not given to much wine, teachers of good things, that they may teach the young woman to be sober, to love their husbands, to love their children, to be discreet, chaste keepers at home, good, obedient to their own Husbands, and that the word of Yah be not blasphemed. Young men likewise exhort to be sober minded in all things, showing thyself a pattern of good works and doctrine, showing uncorruptness, gravity, sincerity, sound speech that cannot be condemned, that he that is of that he that is of the contrary part may be ashamed, having no evil thing to say of you. Exhort servants to be obedient unto their own masters and to please them well in all things, not answering again, not prolonging, but showing all good fidelity that they may adorn the doctrine of Yah, our Savior in all things. For the grace of Yah that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men. That word master has different meanings, by the way. There's massa. That's one word, and there's another one. You have Masa. I'm drinking water. You have Adonai. Mm-hmm. Maybe one day we'll do a breakdown on that word, Master. It's a good word. See, don't let people trick you out of out of your culture. They steal stuff. They steal unicorns. They steal words like Master and Masa and uh, G A Y and you know, rainbows and things like that. They take the good stuff. They even took your SWAT sticker. You see? They take your SWAT sticker and all your, your ancient symbols of power, the Ankh, terms like Hotep. They take these things. You see? And they make fun of them and, you know, they make fun of your crystals. They make fun of your essential oils. You know, they make fun of your traditional garments and your dashikis and your gaylays and your long skirts. Girl, ain't you hot? And your hijab. Can't even see, man. Can't even see you behind all that. They're savage animals. Allow that seed to be sown. One seed. One seed into your fertile field. You have to do your work. All right. I'll be right back. Okay, so just a couple of little points I want to share with you all. As always, um, for any book of mine that you may want to purchase, you can always go to Amazon.com, but you can also go to the ChiefYuya.com website. Um, on my website, you'll find all of the podcasts, the majority of the podcasts, and you will also find links to all of my books as well. So... The 14 Keys is there. Um, Solutions for Dysfunctional Family Relationships is there. Um, Shrine and Altar is there. Um, what else did I write? <laughs> the Compass, uh, which is a free work, um, is on the website as well. 
uh, is also there. Um, you know, uh, mind, heart, words is there. Noir male misconceptions of a lost male is there. You know, all of them. All right. Uh, so just be sure that if you grasping root of divine power, of course, the OG <laughs> grasping root of divine power. So, you know, if you're interested in, in any of those texts, you can always go there. And there are audio versions of some of the works as well. Solutions for Dysfunctional Family Relationships has an audio version. The 14 Keys has an audio version and Mind Heart Words also has an audio version. Uh, they're not all on Audible. Because Audible is a pain in the neck. So I will be working to put them back up there or get them up there. Uh, 14 Keys is on Audible, but on other platforms like um, Apple's uh, book platform, as well as Google Books um, platform, you will find solutions for dysfunctional family relationships where I am voicing all of the characters, male and female. You know, <laughs> and you'll find also the other ones as well. So just wanted to put that out there uh, for anyone interested in the text. As always, you can um, sign up for classes at SaduluHouse.com. S-A-D-U-L-U-H-O-U-S-E dot com and sign up for our new spiritual training. One, two is coming out soon. I've been holding off because I actually totally redid it. I went in a different direction. So it was a lot of work redoing it. So, um, and as well as for uh, any other classes, like the ones we have on meditation and astral travel and crystals and there's a bunch of oils and, you know, so forth and so on. So uh, be sure if you're interested in, in any sort of class, go to sudulhouse.com. All right. And as always for readings or coaching, for consultations, I should say, askosiris.com and for coaching, osirislife.com if you want ongoing support to join my community where I am the shepherd and uh, chief over. That's anulifeglobal.org, A-N-U-L-A-N-U-L-I-F-E-G-L-O-B-A-L. Dot O-R-G. And also you can follow all of them on, you know, uh, social media. Anu Life Global, or Anu Life GM rather is the, uh, social media handle for Anu Life. I'm, can, I can always be found at Chief Yuya. Um, despite what the books say that I have to have that fixed because I changed social media handle so many times. And for music and things like that, Chief Yuya Music, or just go on to any of your digital streaming platforms and look up Chief Yuya. There's not too many of us. <laughs> and uh, you'll find uh, all of the, the good metaphysic and healing music that I uh, create. All right. With that, let's get back to it. Okay, there we go. That was the uh, 94th episode, season two of the Chief Yuya podcast. And uh, like I said earlier, we're going to dig into um, Avatar Way of Water. For our movie, I'm not going to give a book um, this this session, nor am I going to do the Q&A because I, I went over a lot in our time. <laughs> but it's a big subject. And um, again, I'm breaking all of this up into parts and pieces. So please make sure as you're putting together your digital notebooks that you're tagging them using the same labels because this is all still a part of the Ahab Jezebel universe to be honest with you you know we're speaking about solutions now and some of the things that we may do that we may not even realize are related to 
some of that activity or some of those curses that we find ourselves being faced with. All right. So um, just make sure you you just kind of keep in mind that this is all sort of together. You know, we're still we're still riffing on the on the same theme, if you will. But on this day of wisdom, God, all being born to born, you know, we're showing that there's no mystery and that God is a reality. Elohim, Yahuwah, is a reality by the wise ways and actions that we come forth out into the world, that we manifest things into the world. And if we're following the law, then we're bringing forth the right seed that we can now have confidence in knowing that it is of good stock because it's not the seed of our frail, finite thinking, but it's the seed of ancient wisdom that we're sowing into our fruitful possessions. All right. So. To all the earths out there, to all the gods, to all the Ishas, to all the Ishas, to all the, the Akotis and the, all the Akot. Um, I say thank you for listening and I'll see you on the next one. Chief Yuyao. Peace.